Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And I'm your host, Craig Fay. And this week we are talking about The Parent Trap. <laughs> That's right. Lindsay Lohan, 1998, The Parent Trap. The Parent Trap. We didn't go OG on this because... You know, love me some Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Just needed needed to dive into this movie. Um, how about have you had you watched this movie before, Craig? I think I vaguely remember seeing it as a kid. Um, yeah, me I think too. <laughs> I think so, but I didn't remember much about it. I know we definitely watched the '60s version at some mm-hmm. point, um, but yeah, this seemed familiar, but I didn't remember a lot from it. So neither did I. And upon rewatch, holy shit, dude, this movie is fucking bananas. This is the most bana- this is one of the most bananas movies I've ever watched. I'm gonna describe the plot line right now, okay? The plot yeah. line is, okay, two twins get separated at birth because their parents wanted to do that. <laughs> okay. No other reason. Okay. Because their parents wanted to do that. They separate them at birth, never tell them about the other one. Ne- These yeah. two somehow miraculous, miraculously. Okay. And we're going to talk about that for a while. Okay. End up at the same camp. Okay. The same summer camp. They meet each other, realize that they, that they're sisters because they're exactly twins. And it takes them far too long to realize that, but that's another point. Anyway, <laughs> they then, decide that they're going to get their parents back together. Um, they they orchestrate this whole thing where they're going to get their parents back together, even though uh, their their father is going to get married to another woman. Well, they don't um, know that yet, but yeah. The, yes. Uh, throughout the movie, we, we discover that he's going to get married to another woman. They decide they're going to plot against this woman, get their parents back together, which miraculously they do, and somehow, somehow, Craig, the villain of this story is not those parents. Okay. <laughs> Somehow through movie magic, the villain of this story is not the parents that separated their kids at birth because they couldn't get along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never told them about the other one. Never said, told them. Here, this is normal. This is fine. We have two. Let's split them up. Okay. And somehow these aren't the villains of the story. The villain of this story is this woman, Meredith. Okay. Just trying to get married over here, up in here, okay? Trying to get married, and she is the villain. And at no point, and I, I really need to <laughs> to bring this home. At no point do either of these parents apologize. <laughs> I no, I was so glad you you brought that up because, like, yeah, it's the predominant emotion I I think through this entire movie should not be like let's get them back together what mis- what fun and mischievous this is going to be this should be anger there <laughs> there should, should be, be therapy betra- sessions betrayal <laughs> like this is like honestly if you have, guys if you haven't watched this movie in a while you got to go back take a take a peek take an afternoon it's an afternoon movie as we have classified yeah, all movies before it's for some reason 2 hour or like a full 2 hours the the audacity <laughs> Of this movie to be two hours. When I turned this on and I said, I said out loud, Craig, I swear to God, I said two hours. <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like, this is going to be quick hour and a half. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. No. <laughs> and before we get too deep into talking about the parent trap, uh, I just want to take a minute to thank our sponsor for this episode, podcorn.com. So podcorn.com. Podcorn. Podcorn.com. Uh, uh, it is uh, essentially, it is a marketplace for uh, independent podcasts uh, like ourselves uh, where you can be connected to sponsors, uh, which is really cool because as we all know, uh, there's some there's some costs associated with running a podcast. You know what I mean? There's some, there's some things, some boxes you need to check. So uh, a podcorn uh, basically allows you to, uh, to, to, to reach 
reach out and, and see sponsors and kind of connect with them and figure out what works for you. Rebecca, you tried it out. What did, what did it, you think? It's so easy. There's literally no downside. It's free to sign up for. You're a couple clicks away from potentially getting sponsorship for your podcast. You get to set your own rates, which Beautiful. is huge. So you get to decide. You're the queen of this castle, baby. Work you it out. You decide what, what you you're want. worth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing I really liked about it too was uh, you can pick and choose who you want to engage with. And, and as you said, you can set your own rates, but you can also choose what kind of sponsors you want on the podcast. So, you know, uh, you and I, Rebecca, we have a certain, uh, a certain uh, more philosophy Vibe? Uh, <laughs> and you know like if there if you see something on there that doesn't quite fit with what your podcast is or you know who you are as a person you don't have to engage with it you don't have to worry about it you pick what uh, what fits well uh creatively and uh and personally for your own podcast uh which is really great um, and you also, you don't give anything up. As you said, there's no downside, but like, you're not signing away the rights to that episode or, you know, uh, so yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely awesome. It's fantastic. It's yeah. It's honestly so easy guys. That's podcorn.com. You get to say your own rates. Uh, thank you so much podcorn.com for sponsoring us. This feels like a really meta ad. <laughs> this is a sponsorship website sponsoring a podcast. I love it. Thank you so much podcorn.com. If you want to check that out, you can check it out in our show notes and, uh, let's head back to, uh, the bear trap. Back to your original point of it takes them way too long to figure out twins. I was so indignant when I was like, this is a two hour movie and it takes them 15 minutes for them to figure out that they're twins. It's like, that is a beat, you know, like you look at you like, like Rebecca, (laughs) I don't know about you. Uh, but if you saw someone who is not, not someone who looks like you, but your exact double, right? And you turn around and see each other. You're gonna. You're not gonna be like that's so strange. Uh, no, you're gonna be like I. My I have a twin that my parents didn't tell me about. That's the only. I'm gonna have a mental breakdown. <coughs> Let's note that they literally gave them medallions. Okay, this is this is real. Okay, this they give a- them each a locket that's yeah. the same. Okay, they literally gave them medallions, man. Like this is the most fucked up story. You know what? You know what's the most fucked up thing about this? Okay, if you were this any different, this is crazy. Okay, when presented the choice, okay, two mothers. Who, whose baby is this? I'm going to cut the baby in half, okay, to see who the real mother is. These parents yell out, cut that baby in half. Half the cut baby. Cut it in half. Half cut it the in half. baby. Yes, okay. That is the decision of these parents, okay? That was essentially their decision. Let's split it up. We don't care. These, because, and, okay, I'm sorry, I'm really going off the rails go, here. Go for it. Watching this movie, I could not believe some of the things I was witnessing. Because here's the thing, I could understand if you if you gave me a tale of two parents in in, in absolute poverty that couldn't get along, okay, and they couldn't find the means. We, there's no way we could work out. I have to live in England, and you ha- and that's a very big part of this. One of these one of these kids yeah. grew up in England. We're gonna circle back to that in a second. Anyway, um, so you have. You have this idea of like uh, the, these people coming up and struggling. Maybe it wasn't possible or something like that. No, no, no. We're watching two of the richest motherfuckers. Okay, they are rich, and you're telling me you couldn't get it together to get some flights on weekends. Okay, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I wrote down this is this is the uh, class struggle between vineyard rich and butler rich. Yes. <laughs> They each have a butler. Okay, both of them. Okay, they each have somebody taking care of all the things around their house. And somehow they couldn't figure out how to manage, co-parent, okay? Okay, people do this. They they couldn't figure out how to co-parent because they hated each other too much. At no point, okay, at no point are these parents blamed, okay, for their absolute irreprehensible behavior. It's insane. And and before we get too far into it, I just want to put out there that the entire premise of this movie, the 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 conclusion at the the point at which we get to at the end, the entire uh, conceit of this movie, if you will, is that two people who have not spoken to each other in 11 years 
um, and hated each other so much that they didn't even want to share custody of their kids. They did, as you said, some some dark middle evil, I'll take one, you take the other, baby splitting madness. That those two people belong together. Oh, that's the premise of this movie. Is that like if if only they had the chance to get back together? They had all of the chances in the world. <laughs> Reprehensible behavior. Absolutely. Okay, at no point do either of these kids have some sort of breakdown or fucking... At no point are the parents the villains, and it is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Okay, I... You know, we would we we should maybe mention who the true villain is, okay? The woman I am about to start defending to the nines. Okay, get ready. So... Meredith. Apparently, Meredith is is our big villain. This villain is a 26-year-old woman who, at, at one point, one of them says, you could be my sister. And I was like, I'm going to disagree with you, 11-year-old. <laughs> it, could, it could happen, but it would raise some eyebrows. Okay, I think we're closer to being appropriate than you think. Okay. So this woman comes in. Okay, she's going to get married. It is very clear... That her intention is is not necessarily the best of intentions, okay? It is very clear that she is here for money. She says that to her parents, what have you. This is something I would like to bring up because this is something that bothers me every time. Somehow, every single time one of these stories goes down, the woman is a gold digger, but the man is fine for some reason, even though he's only after her for her looks. How are those? Those are, those are the same, same. Same thing. I'm sorry. They're the same to me. Okay, yeah. if you're only dating somebody because they're young and attractive, yeah, maybe you deserve a little gold digging, monsieur, okay? Um, <laughs> I would like to say, and this is so off topic, but uh, or not off, completely off topic, but I would. the thing that made me laugh really hard was when uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis Quaid's character... Um, yeah, is, dad. I called him dad in all my notes. Dad. I don't um, care. He's like, yes. This moment where they're like, she's 26. Um, currently today, Craig, I don't know if you know this, but um, his fiance is 26 in real life. Right and now, this today. Is a, this is a few years later. <laughs> couple, couple, couple of years. Couple of years later, if, you, if you're doing the math. He's yeah. currently engaged to a 26-year-old woman. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and what I wrote down was like, yeah, I, do I think that their relationship is necessarily based on the healthiest of things? No. Um, but they, as you point out, they both kind of know what they're getting into. And I wrote this down because like they take, they uh, right at the end of the movie, they take her camping and she freaks out, right? And yeah. is not enjoying nature, mostly because the children are being total shits to her. But we'll get back to that in a second. And he goes, uh, I'm not marrying her because she's Annie Oakley. Right. And I was like, yeah, you're not marrying her. You know why you're marrying her? Because she is young. She is hot. She blows you all the time. <laughs> and she is mean to your children, which is something you both have in common. Like... Like, like sorry, I, Craig, you caught me so off guard. <laughs> she blows you all the time. I'm like, oh my god, am I am I looking into a mirror right now? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, no, absolutely, 100 percent agree. <laughs> the, the biggest thing is that she's going to ship um, the daughter off to boarding school first chance she gets, and that's painted as like, oh, how evil! You shipped your other daughter off to England to never see or acknowledge her again. Those two Phenomenal are in the point. <laughs> same. Like, oh, you're going to go to boarding school? You're going to get a good education and be home on weekends and holidays? That also, is, cl- clearly, I did not have that down, but that is a phenomenal point. Absolutely. I agree with that. her father is okay with sending her away to camp for eight weeks. Eight. That's the entire summer. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's great? Okay, it just it just says an off topic because I want to kind of 
I cannot resist to dive into some of the glaringly obvious problems with this movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay. Number one, how on earth is it never addressed why these two people end up at the same camp? Okay. Is it? No, no, Craig. One of them is like, I traveled across the country to get here. I, I don't know if this is an American thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know any Canadian person that would go across Canada to go to an eight-week camp. Uh, my head canon in it anyway is that it's a very good camp for rich people. So ah. if you're if you're very rich, which they both are, you both send your kids to this camp in the... And let's face it, the, the East Coast has better forests. I'm just going to say. I don't know. <laughs> no, they just know. that that front front end of that. I was like, all right, I'm I'll I'll, I'll grease over it, but we're you, you should have given me a little ex. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it had been like the camp around where they both grew up, or so you know what I mean? If it had some sort of significant, like your grandpa went there, or something, some sort of significance where it was like you just need to give me. Just a couple couple of drops of sentences where I'm like, okay, I can buy into this. But it's just, it's greased over immediately. It's like, okay, this is fun. This is, uh, they both ended up at the same camp somehow, even though one of them lives in another country across the ocean. It's yeah. fine. Let's, yeah. let's ignore that. Um, why they made Lindsay Lohan do a British accent is beyond <laughs> me. It is so hard and i and you know this, and I don't this blame could have worked east coast west coast of the united states easily easily <laughs> it's like it's like rather than are... get an american actress <laughs> child actor to try and do a british accent no and i uh, my heart goes out to Lindsay lohan to be honest with you because i'm like who would make a child do this <laughs> clearly she's not gonna have the skill level for it and you know what and i'm sorry but there is a way to write two female characters that have distinct characteristics without giving them an accent. <laughs> there is a way that I would have been able to tell those two apart without an accent. And it what? just feels like they were Long just hair like, and short hair. Yes. Pierced ears, like, not pierced. <laughs> you can make them two different people without having yeah. to make them sound different. It's like, it just felt like the laziest fucking, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Point being is that if you do watch this movie, you are going to have to listen to Lindsay Lohan as a child attempt to do an English accent, which is somehow not the most ridiculous part of this movie. <laughs> somehow, magically. It's not. It's it's it's, oh, it's insane. And they also, what I love is it's just like these two characters, they're not even... Um, the something that made me laugh is right off the top of this movie, uh, and I never knew this was a thing, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, and I don't know why it made me giggle so much. But this rated this movie is rated PG for uh, mild mischief. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> it's rated PG for mild mischief. I laughed my fucking ass off when I saw that, and I was like, oh, yeah, there is a lot of mild mischief. There is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think a couple of felonies in terms of uh, exchanging identification and travel documents uh, <laughs> with your twin sister. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a crime. I'm pretty sure taking a kid across international borders just because you decide you don't want to talk to each other anymore. Like that's okay. I, I was going to say this for later, but at the end we, when the parents are kind of like reconciling and mm. really, really kind of figuring out why everything went wrong, the mother goes uh well i just packed my bags and left and you never came after me which is problematic in its own sense like don't don't make people chase you you know what i mean like that's kind of fucking low but we all make mistakes whatever but it's not just that she packed her bags and left she packed her bags and left with one of her two children yeah and then they just never talked about it or figured it out they were just like yes put the children what fucking divorce lawyer <laughs> would approve that what judge would go like well you've got one daughter in england and he's got one daughter there, so that's like half your like it it is cut that baby in half like <laughs> that is insane like i can't even think of like a mother who would 
like I, I, I would believe it if she would go like, I'm taking the children and going to England. Yeah. I am taking both of them and leaving you. I understand that. But to leave one kid behind seems insane. Oh, yeah. And somehow, and I, I, I probably say this two or three more times, um, somehow these people are not the villain of this story. Okay, At no point do they take any blame, any res- really any responsibility. There's a moment, and this is so like, I found this one chilling, to be honest with you. There's a moment where they, they get back, uh, where, where they convince the mother to go to the hotel um, to kind of trick her and the dad doesn't know she's coming and they're like, oh, they're going to meet and there's going to be sparks and what have you. And there's a moment where she sees him and it doesn't go very well. And she realizes that he doesn't know. And then she sits in her hotel room and starts blaming her daughters. It's your fault. This is happening. And it's like, um, I'm sorry. Anything these two women do for the rest of their life is almost not their fault because of how bad you've been as a parent. I'm sorry. This is crazy. Like the, the amount of therapy you would have to pay for after this. At no point do either of them go, they're assholes. I can't, they're selfish. Oh, oh, they're so selfish. It's insane. Okay. Um, and one character I would really like to talk about who kind of comes off as playful and fun and is a super bitch is Jesse. I'm sorry. Okay. Jesse is the maid or not the maid. Oh, She's chassis. the is, she, is it Jesse? Chassie. 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 Oh my God. Oh, yeah. I hate her even more. Um, <laughs> I had Jesse down the whole time. Oh my God. I'm going to keep calling her Jesse. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, fine, okay. Jesse she was, was wrongly. Named. I don't think we're going to rile up the, the uh, Chassie fan groups. Jeez. By calling oh her my Jessie. God. That makes her. I, I hate that so much more. Oh my God. Anyway. So she's supposed to be like this, like, Ooh, this like fun loving. She's, she's, uh, the, the, the kind of, um, she helps out around she's the house, the but, she's, that, yeah. but she feels more like family. Like she's got a very sure. familiar, like she, uh, she's not like the butler in the other family. She like, she's very much like she's been her here, uh, for the whole child's life at least. And something I would like to say is, um, not only are the parents the worst, every single other adult in this movie that let this happen is the worst. And who she knows knew, about it yeah, and doesn't she knew say about anything. This. The grandpa knew about this. The other butler knew about this. And they're all like, oh, you finally found out the magic of this. And it's just like, how did none of you call somebody about this? Somebody needed to be called child services, something. Okay, this isn't right. I don't, because uh, neither of these kids made a choice. Okay, I'm not saying two children, siblings can't live apart. Of course you can't. Well, you have to be able to consent to that, I think. You have to be able to decide, okay, make a choice, know that you have another parent out there, these sorts of things. Anyway, back, circling back to Jessie, okay. This woman, one of the first things she does when uh, when one of the kids get back is that uh, she starts shitting all over uh, the dad's fiance. Okay. To the child, mm. to the Before child. She's okay. even met her. Before she's even met her. She's like, I basically says, I think she's a gold digger. Ew. She, he, she eats half a grapefruit for, uh, for lunch or for breakfast. And I'm like, Ooh, that is such a catty opinion. Okay. That woman works really hard on her appearance. And all you have to say to her is that, Ooh, somebody eats half a grapefruit. Okay. It, to a child, which is insane. You should never do that. Okay. You can have, I'm not saying her opinions are wrong. Okay. I'm just saying that you shouldn't say them to a child. Okay. That's about to be, she's about to become the family. What you should be doing as an adult. Okay. And as somebody that's been around this long, it's going, Hey, you know what? She's not that bad. You get to know her. You're going to get to know her. You're going to like whatever. Okay. Give her a chance. Yeah. It's weird to change, but you know, like we all, you know, your dad seems very happy and that's very important because we all love your dad. Like there's, yes, absolutely. There's a better way to have that conversation. So she shits on her through the whole movie. Okay. Not just once a couple of times to this kid. Okay. Like this girl shit. I don't like her whatever. Okay. And you're allowed to have that opinion, but keep it, keep your comments in your pocket. If I may say, um, and then she thinks it's appropriate to not only keep the secret of this 11-year-old, but then to help out and facilitate more mischief and trickery in their name because she doesn't really agree with the, the direction her boss's life is going. I'd be so pissed. What the fuck? <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so Every part of that is 
is wild. Well, and and she's one of the first people to figure it out, right? Because like she, uh, Chessie or Jesse or whatever it is, figures out that the Lindsay Lohan who came home from camp is not the Lindsay Lohan that they had before. That it's the other one. Yeah. She figures that out. And her, I think any reasonable adult who is in that situation would not then just start crying and cover, keep, continue to cover the second that her dad walks in, you would go, we need to talk. This isn't, this is the other one. This is British. This is British Lindsay Lohan. And he'd go, what? (laughs) And you'd be like, holy shit. We have the wrong kid. We need to call. Like, like that's, that's the reasonable adult thing to do. And she doesn't do that. She continues to go on with an 11 year old's ruse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's the perfect word for it, Craig. It is a ruse. Like it's <laughs> it's absolute insanity that any that any adult is allowing any of this to happen. Put, any of this at all? Call it. It's done. <laughs> Listen, some mistakes were made in the past, but you cannot just switch places on us and like, uh, yeah. And these girls, honestly, now. Uh, could maybe use with a little boarding school. I'm sorry. Oh, um, yeah. oh okay. So, so you, you spoke of, uh, what was it? Mild shenanigans or whatever it is. Yes. Uh, mild like, mischief. Mild mischief. The pranks that these two girls pull on each other at the beginning at camp, that fucking like trip wires and like fucking shaving cream and feathers on fans. And, but I was like, how did you set that up at night in the dark without anybody else noticing it? Yeah, like clearly these children need some more discipline. Their first inclination, both of them, their first inclination to showing up to this camp is to try and win all of the money off of their quote unquote friends. That's the first thing. They're like, do you play poker? Do you know how to play? No. Did you bring a lot of money? We're kids and we're doing things. It's just like, uh, yeah, neither of these kids. And I, and I like that again. It's kind of, you know what I mean? It it, it plays into the the whole character of like, Oh, we're out here. We're getting into trouble. We both have similar personalities, even though we grew apart. Like, um, one of my favorite things watching this is just figuring out which would have been the most awkward scenes to film for Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> oh yeah. There, yeah, there yeah. were just certain scenes where I'd watch. I'd be like, ah, oh, that's, can you imagine ha- trying to make that face to nobody? <laughs> just looking over and be like, oh, you, <laughs> and then being like, ah, oh, me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Think about what you're going to do later and then react like you're getting that. Yeah. It's very hard, especially for a kid. Oh yeah. I met watching this. I was like, oh man, I would need honestly just even not even the storyline of this movie. Just being these two characters, I'd be like, I need some therapy afterwards. I need to I need to figure some stuff out. This is all very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been like as an adult and like you're just sitting there like you're on your computer or, like doing work or whatever and like you suddenly think of an old story and you're like, oh, we did that? That was pretty fucked up. I didn't really think <laughs> of anything about it at the time, but that was pretty fucked up. Dude, all... Can you imagine time. her doing that? It's like... Oh yeah, at one point, uh, at one point, uh, you know, when I was eleven years old, I went to this uh, this camp and I found my long lost twin sister. So we thought we would switch places, and uh, I went to uh, England for a bit and uh, tried to get our parents back together. Huh? That's pretty <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I think. <that. laughs> yeah, we're just sitting in a cabin. We took two pictures, put them together, and then we became one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Speaking of the picture, this bugged me so much. <laughs> so, the way they finally figure out is they're like, I have only one picture of my dad. And they're like, and I have one picture of my mom, but they're both old and torn. And they figure out it's the same wedding photo that's been ripped down the middle and split. I was like, they would have gotten married in the 80s. They had photography in the 80s it was not such a rare thing to have photos that the only photo of you that was ever taken was your wedding photo and then upon separating from the person you had to rip it in half and take it to other sides of the atlantic like you you would keep 
a copy of that picture each. Like, you know, like it's, you know what it is? It's this movie isn't from this time frame. This is like set in the late 1800s or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I agree. They, they tried to modernize it and it doesn't work modernized. Cause you're like, well, none of these things would be problems. Also, <laughs> Why are two 11-year-old twins, why haven't they figured out that they're sisters yet? It's half an hour into the movie. Let's get it going. Hurry Guys, it let's get to stepping. Okay. That's honestly why it's two hours, because it takes them so long to figure out that they're related, even though they look the exact fucking same. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up from Meredith's perspective, though, is uh, she is marrying this man. Right, she's gonna mm-hmm. marry him. He has told her she, she he has a daughter. She'll be home from camp. They meet. She tries to do her best to get in there, and then finds out later that the man she's going to marry has another daughter. Not only another daughter, but like a twin of the daughter he has. That's insane. Oh, and also that he has an ex-wife. Okay, yes. because apparently at no point was that mentioned. Because she is very surprised. She doesn't know this woman. She doesn't know this woman existed. She doesn't know her name. Okay, and that's a, another reason why I think this dad is a total piece of shit. And I think he should be married for his money because clearly he has nothing else going on. Okay, I'm sorry. You lie. You 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 go for people because, you know, they're young and attractive because clearly he never says anything else nice about this woman. Okay, he allows other things to happen because he's thinking with his dick, okay? Yep. And I don't I don't feel bad for this man, okay? At no point. This guy is an absolute asshole. He lies all the time. Okay, he lied to his daughter his her whole life, lies to his fiance. Um, apparently, uh, neither uh, of the two parties of this relationship, the mom and the dad, okay, here's what really gets me, is that they get together in the last, what, seven minutes of this movie? Seven yep. minutes? Yeah, somewhere around there, yep. It took you seven minutes to fix your problem. <laughs> it took you seven minutes to fix your problems. You're saying that you separated two twins, okay? You separated them at birth for something that could be solved in seven minutes. Y'all are dicks. Oh, God. You guys are yeah, such just, dicks. Because oh, we my just God. didn't talk to each other. Yeah, and somehow the, the bad person of this movie is the fiance that gets lied to um, is... Let us say she is uh, a little, she's too mean to the kids, okay? Because even if you are getting fucking trounced by two 11-year-olds, yeah. uh, you should probably keep a cooler head than she did, certainly. Yeah, I I did laugh very hard because at one point she goes to like kind of talk it out and try and really reason. <laughs> and it immediately devolves to like, I'm going to fucking crush you, kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. an 11-year-old. You're going to yep. have to learn to take a little bit of their shit and be like, we're going to get along fine. You know, like, oh, God. We took a jump here. Yes, I'm going to marry your dad in two weeks and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Like, come on. Um, yeah. But to her credit, she's stuck to it. Like, uh, at the end, she's like, uh, she gets put in a, she gets launched into a lake on her mattress. Yes, yeah, dragged. Okay. So, n- not only that, she goes, I'm going to go take a sleeping pill and go lay down. Anything. So she is out. The yeah. kids then drag her air mattress out of the bed, put it into the lake, and she wakes up in the middle of the lake. That's not a prank. That's literally attempted murder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like uh, someone who is l- drugged to the point of being uh, unresponsive and you drag them and drop them in the middle of the lake, that's that's attempted murder. There's no other way to look at that. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. And she bounces out. She's like, you know what? I'm done. Done with this shit. Choose. Okay. I can't stand. I can't stand being around this. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Okay. So you got to choose whether you love me or not. Oh, no, you don't. Cause you love your kids more. Um, well that wasn't present 11 years ago. Somehow, uh, somebody's <laughs> had a change of heart all of a sudden. Uh, I don't think it's a ridiculous question to ask a man if he would choose me over, uh, the children that he abandoned apparently. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, hey, I half abandoned my children or full abandoned half my children. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not saying it is a dick question. I, nobody should ever choose a spouse over their kids. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And that is not what I'm condoning here. But what I am saying is I do think she was fair to ask. <laughs> yes. What are you going to do about this? I think it's a valid question in yeah. this and only this circumstance where it's like, well, you abandoned half of these kids and uh, they're terrorizing me now and you've been lying to me for weeks. So if you could choose me right now, I would appreciate that. No. Okay. I'm a bounce out then. <laughs> yeah. Like a more... the, she didn't even take the ring to no. her credit. <laughs> She's didn't out. even Didn't even take the ring with her. Could have sold it. Could have done something with it. Threw it at him, was like, I don't need, I don't need any of this. Um, that is, though, one of my all-time greatest social fantasies, where someone gives you that ultimatum, and mm. and you choose the option they don't want because you're just clear-cut. Yeah. Like, you need to choose between uh, your career or me, and you're like, my career. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, no, I was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they start battling so fast. Yeah, like, so we got to, we got to, we got to. like... Yeah, just to be put in an ultimatum position where you so mm-hmm. you so clearly know what you're going to choose that you can turn it on that person for giving you an ultimatum. Oh, I'd love that. I, oh, I, yeah. I've never been able to do it. I look forward to it one day. Yeah, I don't. I, and to be to be clear, I don't think this is a good person. Okay, I don't. I don't think Meredith is a good woman. I don't think she's a good person. But she is. By far, not the most evil person in this movie. Okay. Not no, even bo- close. Not even. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's so far, so far away from the mark as being the most evil person in this movie. These parents, this mother is so, is such an emotional child that it is amazing to me that she is able to run a business, somehow parent, um, I because she seems to break down at every single inconvenience and then blame it on other people. I, I, I still I can't believe that this movie did not end with a with a family therapy, a wholehearted apology, something, some 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 admission of guilt. Okay, but barely anything. Little couple couple of tears here and there. Really nothing to be honest with you. I did not feel satisfied with either of these parents. They're terrible people. No, because as I as I said at the beginning, the premise of this entire movie is that two people who hate each other so much that they haven't spoken to each other in eleven years are destined to be together and that is such mm-hmm. an inherently false premise that no no conclusion could be satisfying in that sense. it's just amazing to me that we couldn't we couldn't find out something that worked here <laughs> where everybody could know about each other you're, you're telling me you can run a winery okay and she could run a, she can make her own design her own dresses produce these own dresses but you can't figure out a schedule between two kids you can't. Yeah, spend, you spent four months in California with the father and go to school in Britain, or vice versa, or yeah, and then we're done, and then that shit dad can go out and get his dick wet all he wants, okay, <laughs> and live his fucking life, okay. Yeah, uh, and that, that's the thing. Okay, so setting aside that the dad is pretty horrible for what he did to his daughter, and setting aside the fact that Meredith is not necessarily the greatest person, there is. Uh, there is a thing where you should really be putting all of this aside for somebody else's happiness. You know what I mean? Where you go, hey, like, let's just look at it in the, the lens of my dad hasn't really, he hasn't married. He hasn't had a, a, a presumably a serious relationship is I kind of think how they frame it. Mm-hmm. In the 11 years that I have been alive. Um, so maybe my dad deserves somebody and deserves to be happy. And is that necessarily the person that I would have picked for my father to be with? No, but it seems as though she makes you happy. So the rest of us are going to go along with that because we like you enough. We love you enough that your happiness is important to us. Like there, that, that's a moral imperative there. You know what I mean? Like, like Rebecca, have you had, you've had friends, I'm sure, and they've dated people and you're like, that's not who I would choose for them. Oh, for sure. But they seem happy. (laughs) So 
I'm not going to say anything. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't, I don't, because I'm very much of the mentality, and this is, now, mind you, I, I think it's kind of like apples and oranges, because I think it's different if it's your parent. You know what I okay. mean? Like, or, but I guess in the instance of, like, uh, the adults, yeah, absolutely. What the fuck are you doing? Okay, anybody in my life that thinks that they know better than me about my own life, and instead of just talking to me like we're friends and colleagues and adults, um, you try and manipulate the situation around me, that's that's so insane that you can't do that to somebody. That's crazy. You, come talk to me. Come be like, I don't, I don't think this woman's intentions are pure. Okay, I don't think this is a good fit for you. I just want to say my piece, but then, of course, whatever you want, I will support you. Um, also, I'm your employee, so maybe well, maybe I don't have a say in this. Yeah, maybe 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 I don't have a say in this. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is not my business. Like, uh, yeah, the both of them have huge uh, character faults. Like um, the mom. Okay, let me pitch you a scenario here, Craig. Yeah, pitch me a scenario. You have just met your mother. You're 11. Okay. Um, you've only hung out with this woman for three, four nights, five nights maybe. I don't know exactly what the timeline is. But let's say a couple days. You know what I mean? They're Tops. pretty quick to figure out. Um, third, fourth day with this woman. You've never met her in your life before. previous to this. Uh, she decides it's appropriate to get plastered <laughs> on the fourth day of meeting you. And then you have a ch- your own child ushering you around a hotel. Oh yeah, I didn't. That you've never. That she knew. Wasted. She knew. She knew that it was the other kid. Yes, she knew it was the other kid. She's fucking wasted off her clock, and this is the fir- fourth day meeting your child. I don't know about oh, that. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't check out well for me, Craig. I was so nervous about talking to my ex husband about the children we stole. <laughs> That I got loaded in front of the other. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I didn't clock that. I did clock that it was kind of shitty that she was arriving drunk like that. But like. But you just met this girl. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know each other well enough. Like we don't have this relationship yet where this is fine. Because you know what I mean? Because at one point the other twin, the, the British twin, British Lindsay is like. Oh, like she never drinks. Like, I can't believe it. She chose this day to get wasted. And it's like, well, yeah, it would have been fine for her to do that in front of you because you know the drill. You know this is unusual, okay? Yeah. If, if, if this was the first time meeting my mother, I'd be like, this is business as usual, maybe. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I can't li- handle this. This woman yeah. has the emotional level of it. it it's like... it. Both of these parents are written like if children wrote parents, Mm. which is something I would – because if you're – if you take – and I don't think it's this deep, okay? But (laughs) if you took it from the perspective of we're watching these two adults through the lens of children, it makes the movie a little more understandable except for the fact that they did – separate them at birth, which is uh, not defensible at all, ever. Yeah, and I, I think there's something to that where it, because it is a kid's movie, it is designed for kids. It's like the the character should be, have motivations that the kids can understand. Yes. Um, and act in ways that kids can find predictable or, or fun. So I guess that kind of makes that sense. That checks but, out. I get but it. As, as an adult, nobody... Th- these are... these are both incredibly problematic adults. Uh, as you said, the mother is is completely incapable of any kind of emotional um, uh, distress or, or, or she has no emotional fortitude, right? Um, just didn't talk to her ex for years and abandoned a child in another continent. Um, he clearly doesn't care about his kids either, but also is just like quick to temper as we learn like like there's just all these bad things where you could see how the two of them together would be very very terrible for each other oh yeah no i by the end of the movie i got why they separated for sure i was like you need somebody needs to be the adult here at some point which is clearly neither of your jobs okay and uh, nor has it been through the whole movie um it's the, the premise of it is so crazy. The whole movie is so crazy. It's just every time a new thing came up, I was just be like, 
how how have we how are we just sweeping this under the rug? How is this just like oh another casual thing that we're doing here? It's totally normal. All the adults, even the grandfather. Do you know how how baby crazy grandparents are? You're telling me this man let another child. Liver never meeting. They couldn't get it together. They couldn't schedule. They didn't have the money. It's, if they had written a story that was, they, there should have been more obstacles is what I'm yeah. saying. It's impossible for me to think that this woman's rationalization, her, her rationale on this is that I ran away and you never chased me. Um, you're talking about the rules of a game of tag. Okay. I think you might be confused. I, I think there might be some confusion between a, a relationship and a, and a game of tag. Uh, because that's not, that's such, that, that is the mentality of a, of, of an 18 year old. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? That's, that's terrible. somebody that doesn't, uh, and we know they weren't 18 when this happened because apparently a 26 year old woman is very age inappropriate for this man. Yeah. Oh, of course. Okay. So here's the thing. Cause I came up with a way in which separating two twins at birth is not the most horrific thing. So I'm going to tell you mine and okay. then I want you to give me your best, uh, possible mm-hmm, revision mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. this so that it works. Okay. Okay. The two children are like the key master and the gatekeeper from Ghostbusters. And if they ever get together, they're going to open a portal to hell and release the Antichrist. So even though the two parents love each other very, very much and love both their children very, very much, they both are forced, for the sake of the world, to take their twins to the far corners of the earth in hopes that they never meet. That's the only way I could possibly see that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But you still got to give them each a medallion. Those yeah, are the well, rules. Well, they, the medallion's there. And then, you know, if they ever put them together, that's how the gate is opened, right? Mm, so, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You need yeah. the medallions. <laughs> I, I fucking do. I died. When the they pulled out those two lockets, I almost flipped it. I was like, this is too much, guys. We've got two lockets and they're the exact same, but still somehow we don't know. <laughs> Also, you know what kind of freaked me out is that uh, none of the parents or, or none of the camp counselors was like, you know what? We should probably call somebody about this. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'm a camp counselor and you came from two separate families, different last names, um, and you just discovered each other, I'd probably sit them down and be like, all right, ladies, so what exactly, especially like you see them, you're sending them to the isolation uh, cabin. Okay, you see them walking together. Just send two girls who are bullying each other to a cabin where they are alone and aren't going, with no supervision. Like, insane, Uh, insane, insane. Pure insanity. (laughs) Which is also why I don't buy that this is a nice camp for rich kids. I'm sorry. There's, There's parts of that where I'm like, no, no rich kid's child would handle that. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, they have fencing and horse riding, so. That is true. Yeah. But I think that is, that's, I think that's, uh, eh, maybe a pricier camp, but I don't Fence, think it's the Fencing, I don't think is a, no. Fencing, yeah, I guess you're right. Oh my God, fencing. <laughs> like fencing and fox hunting. <laughs> it's so funny because you know they had a pitch meeting where they were like, what, what can we hide them in? Like, <laughs> How can we hide these faces so that there's this big reveal of that, like, they're kind of the same and look how good they yeah. both are. I really hope somebody pitched, like, uh, like nunchucks in a, yeah. in a, in a ninja, <laughs> ninja outfit mask, or something. Yeah. I don't know. But you're right. Like, I, I feel like that could have even been uh, worked for gags where it's just like, well, you're like cousins or something. Like, because yeah, there's like, like some cousins who look like, you know, could be brother or sister for sure. I just uh, one question, one reference of an adult uh, yeah. looking at them and going, "Hey, maybe you're this exactly crazy. the same." <laughs> yeah, like let's get a little bit of an explanation going. There's a lot of coincidences happening here, and there's too many, and I need to ask. Yeah, <laughs> like I need to inquire upon this. Oh my god, that ear piercing scene freaked me out. <laughs> I can't believe they showed that. I- the apple, for, but that's how women used to do it. You know what I mean? No, I understand that that's how, like, I understand that to pierce an ear, a needle has to go through the ear. But for a kid's movie, like, I really thought they were going to cut away. Cut away to a scream, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't need to see, I don't need to see that in an R-rated movie. 
look at look at our mild mischief. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah, why mild we rated mischief a PG. is pushing needles through other kids' skin. Like, ah. I'm almost so funny with that shit. I wanted to pierce my ears so badly when I was younger, and uh, my mom kept telling me that it was uh, it was the mo- one of the it was super painful. She's like, it's so fucking painful. Like, you really. You really have to want it. It's going to be so painful. And she, like, kept saying that to me. So I waited, like, years. Um, and I got my ears pierced when I was, like, I think, like, 12 or 13. And I was sitting in the chair. And they did the first one. And I looked at my mom. And I was just like, oh, you dick. Because it wasn't that bad. She, <laughs> she just wanted me to make sure that I really wanted it. So she kept telling me how much it would hurt. It would hurt so bad. I and think then, that's fine. <laughs> oh, it was very mild. Yeah, that's totally fine. It's totally, that's I just like, think it's like. That's I, like the old, uh, sure, you can have a sip of my beer. I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Doesn't oh, matter my. if you want it originally. God, yeah, I just remember that first period in looking at my mom being like, ah, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You just didn't want my ears to get infected when I was too young to deal with it myself. Which is fair. Yeah. I don't think I would have been mature enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So uh, anything else you wanted to say about? I don't know. I'm just really, I am team Meredith. They could have made her way worse than she was. Um, She's... I do think, like, yeah, there's definitely some anger issues she needs to work out. She does. She should probably stay away from children, I would say. It's yeah. not necessarily normal to make your uh, husband choose between or your, your, your fiancé choose between his children and you. That's kind of... Uh, that's a, uh, yeah, it's kind of fucked yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> but in the context of this movie, I do kind of understand. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is the least villainous person here for sure. Um, so yeah. yeah, I guess it's time to give what our definitive rankings of how good and the villain is. What do you got, Rebecca? Okay, so I've I have the uh, I have the mild mischief scale. Okay, great. <laughs> which great. is my just my favorite takeaway from this movie. Um, okay, so I've got uh, I'm I'm ranking Meredith. Uh, so. Uh, from tying your friend's shoelaces together uh, to switching the salt and sugar. Both I'm going to give her a leaving a crude message on your friend's open Facebook. Uh, oh, yeah. Because, you know, you're kind of rude. Uh, it's kind of mean. Uh, and you just got to be aware that there might be children present. Okay, so watch <laughs> watch your mouth. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, so I did the uh, divorced parents scale. Uh, so on a scale from yay two Christmases to <laughs> oh no, I have no template for what a healthy relationship looks like. Uh, I am going to give Meredith a. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give Meredith a solid. I'll play them off each other to get what I want. Sure, it's <sighs> shitty and selfish thing to do, but the problems that allowed this to happen were long here, but were here long before you were. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one, Craig. I love it. That's great. Oh my oh, god. Thank you. And well, and uh before we get to our uh to our favorite time, our heroes and villains of the week, uh, a couple of ways you can help out the co- podcast. Please like and subscribe if you can leave us a one sentence review. That's always really appreciated. Um you can reach out to us at VWR Podcast on Twitter. Villain was right on Facebook and uh, villain was right at gmail.com for any suggestions, co- questions, comments, things of that nature. You just want to say, hey, I'm lonely. Talk to me. I don't know. Just uh, shoot us a message uh, and we'll reach back to you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you have a couple bucks that uh, maybe you want to help uh, support with uh, support the production costs of the podcast, um, you can head over to uh, patreon.com slash the villain was right. We've got a bunch of different tiers over there. So if you have a couple bucks to spare, you can check those out. Um, we have uh, two bonus. Our top tier is our Gollum level. You have two bonus episodes a month. So uh, this month, as this comes out, uh, we have done uh, uh, an episode on the Simpsons sh- sideshow, Bob, as well as uh, Bojack Horseman is uh, Rebecca's pick for the month. So go ahead and check that out. We also have uh, audience choice polls to decide what you uh, what you want to hear us talk about on the regular episode. So you can head over there and uh, check out uh, Villain Was Right. Uh, p- uh, patreon.com slash the villain was right and uh and help us out if you can and if you can't thank you so much uh for listening anyway thanks for telling your friends about us thank you to everybody who has uh gone on itunes or your podcast apps and you've rated you've re- reviewed we've gotten a couple emails of people who've just told us that they've shared the podcast and and made people listen to them in car rides and that sort of thing and we appreciate that very much as well so thank you to all our listeners uh you guys are the best 
And now it is time for our hero and villain of the week. Uh, so I've got uh, kind of a, 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 an interesting one. So uh, we've, we've been in the current situation for a while. Uh, my, so my hero <laughs> of the week is uh, hairdressers and barbers, uh, as well as uh, my, my girlfriend, Kat. Uh, so I was... I was getting a little shaggy, you know, I haven't had a cut since all this started. <laughs> and I finally decided, you know what? It's about time. Uh, picked out some clippers and uh, Kat was like, oh, you know what? Uh, let me try and cut your hair for you. And she, I was like, sure, if you want, you can give it a go. She's like, yep, I've seen, a, I've watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos. We have the clippers, we have the scissors and everything. And I'm like, yeah, let's give it a go. Um, and... <laughs> I should have known <laughs> this wasn't going to go well. Uh, but Kat starts, and like, you know when they first start cutting your hair anytime you've gotten a haircut and you're like, this doesn't quite feel right, but I'm going to trust that they know what they're doing because they are a hairstylist or they are a barber. Uh, and that's how I felt that first time where I was like, this doesn't feel like any haircut I've ever had, but maybe it's just that initial thought. Um, I first noticed there might be some trouble uh, when Kat was said, uh-oh, <laughs> I didn't mean for that line to be there. And I was like, what line? And she was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> so we keep going. And uh, she later had told me that the thoughts going through her head were like, I am acing this. This is so good. We're going to say, Craig is going to save so much money on haircuts. Like that's how well she thought it was going. <laughs> and I said, how's it go? She's like, it's going great. I get up and look in the mirror and this is one of the worst haircuts I have ever seen. Rebecca, you saw the pictures of it, right? Craig, have we not have we not tweeted that? Photo I tweeted out? that. I tweeted that out. Yeah, I, I personally put it on Twitter, or so on the on our podcast. I'll, I'll, I, maybe I'm, I'll retweet it once this you episode got comes you out. You got to. It's absolutely. <laughs> I laughed for five minutes when I saw it, Craig. I laughed so hard. You have to put it up on our Twitter, <laughs> guys. If you're listening to this, check out our Twitter. Oh, yeah. our podcast. Oh We're yeah, retweet it's, a photo. The <laughs> words I was trying to describe how bad it is. It's like a bowl cut. If the bowl was crooked and there was holes in the bowl, there's no bowl cut. That looks like <laughs> it. It looks like a mental breakdown haircut. Okay? Yeah, it looks like something that you did halfway through a a, a, a sad movie montage. Yeah, <laughs> where you stop care. You I, I, honestly, I like cannot to pick believe up chunks of hair and just snip at <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I cannot believe you did not walk around for at least a while in sweatpants with a whiskey bottle in your hand outside because that would have been my go-to. 100%. 100% right out the door. I'm going, um, I'm giving some people some wild eyes. That's what I'm going to do. We're going to have some fun. The best The best thing I could quote to put an image in your head right now as you listen to this was a uh, comedian friend of both of ours, Amanda Brooke Perrin, uh, tweeted at it. And she said, uh, you know what I thought Craig always needed? Bangs. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of look like you. It's the I and I and, and I say this with no like uh, I, I there's no way I could cut anybody's hair. So I, I'm not trying to say this is like a slight no, to cat or no, anything no, like no. that. But like it looks like you tried to do that. Like yeah. it looks like you would have to be try. And I know that's not the case because cutting hair is extremely hard. But it almost looks like it was purposeful. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. It exactly. So I'm gonna share that out uh, when when this episode comes out. I'll retweet that again. But that's my that's my hero for the week. One uh, barbers, hair stylists, anybody who can cut hair because I've said it before. I'll say it again. Every job is more difficult than everyone else thinks it is. You guys do a really hard job and you do a really good job. Uh, so God, God bless you for that. And thank you for Kat, uh, to Kat, for giving it the old college try. Because, hey, we're all in a different situation. And, and to be quite sincere, uh, she tried very, very hard. Um, did a lot of research to, do it, to try and do it. And in the end, I think it's the most we've laughed in the last couple weeks is... <laughs> 
We would just sit on the couch afterwards and just bring up the pictures on Facebook and Twitter and look at them again and just start bursting out into laughter. That's so, so great. I love that so uh, much. It's so adorable. <laughs> so those are my that's such a nice story. I know. Those, that's my hero of the week. What do you got, Rebecca? Oh my God. Okay. So I've just been, I don't know. I've been sitting around thinking of old shit. You know what I mean? Fun stories, remembrance yeah. of being outside, these sorts of things. And I remember this story of like, I don't know if I'm the hero, the villain of it. You, you, you can tell me at the end, Craig. You can tell yeah. me your thoughts. Um, Cause I'm not I sure. I always love the ones we got to judge. Oh, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. Okay. So when I was in university, I would party. Okay. I'd really party. Um, I had a, uh, after university, I, I, I took like eight months off and stopped drinking because that's how crazy it got. Anyway, I, um, so one time I, I, I think I'm going to Tarantino this, I'm going to start at the end and then we're going to go back through it. Love it. So essentially I woke up with, uh, probably the worst hangover I've ever had in my life. I, maybe not the worst. I, I did have alcohol poisoning once. So that was probably the worst. Let's say second worst. Okay. I wake up with very little remembrance of the evening before, right? And I'm rough. I'm rough stuff. Gone to a party the night before, got crazy, whatever. And uh, I'm doing that thing. I'm doing that thing in the morning where, you know, you're super hungover and you start piecing together clues from the night before. Like, what has happened here? Like, it's a crime scene, right? So I'm uh, I'm looking through my bag and I, I can't find my cell phone. I've lost my cell phone. So I'm like, fuck, okay, this is not good. So I'm looking through my bag. I, in my, in my bag... I have, and these, this is this is all I have in my bag. I uh, I have my wallet with twenty dollars more than when I left the house. I have no cell phone, and I have about thirty magazines of porn. <laughs> I and I'm I'm speechless. I do not know how any of these things has occurred. I'm I'm looking at the bag. I'm thinking, and I'm trying to start piecing things together. I'm talking to one or two of my roommates. I start to come together where like, you know, when, it, when you've been super drunk the night before and then, and then you have like a bolt of light, you're like, Oh, I remember that now. Okay. I remember what that was. Okay. So essentially this is how the night had gone down for me. And I piece this through together through, through various people in my own drunken memory. So I go, uh, so I go to this party and I go to this party with like a, with about three quarters of a bottle of Jack Daniels in my hand. Okay. And I'm a, and I at the time love Jack. Oh buddy. Could we shoot some Jack? Anyway, I uh, showed up to this party and this guy uh, is talking to me and he's like, Hey, um, would you mind? You've got a, you've got a pretty decent bottle there. Would you mind? I couldn't get to the liquor store before it closed. I'm going to give you a 20 if you let me drink as much of that as I want. And I said, yes. And then proceeded to drink as much as I could. Cause I took it like a challenge. <laughs> You're going to give me money to drink my own alcohol right now. So I get absolutely, I drink, I drink, uh, three quarters of that. Okay. I drink three quarters of it. He probably drank a quarter of it. I am wasted. Okay. I apparently then, Go into the bathroom, which these uh, these university men think it's uh, appropriate to have a bunch of porn out. I decide that this is inappropriate, and I start <laughs> ripping pages out. I'm like, no, too many boobs. And I just keep saying, too many boobs. And I'm just ripping these pages out, ripping them out, ripping them out. And then I look at all of it, and I go, oh, no, can't, can't leave the evidence. So I start packing all of the porn into my bag. Keep packing, packing, packing. And like, I'm telling, I'm talking like there had to be 15 to 20 magazines. Okay. It wasn't like a a little bit. It was a lot. It was somebody's lifetime personal collection of porn. Okay. I put this in my bag. I then announce on the way out. (laughs) Shh. I've got all the porn. And I just walk out like I think I'm being sneaky about it or whatever. I'm fucking off my gourd, right? So now, in the light of day, I realize that I have I left my phone in that bathroom. And I have to go back to this house. I have to go back to this house to get my phone. But I've stolen all of their porn. And I've ruined a lot of it. So... Hungover, I swear to God, this is a real story. Hungover, I get out, I get out of my room, I then gift 
the uh, 15 to 20 magazines of porn to the guys that live down the hall from me. <laughs> I say, this is for you. Drop it off. Um, and then I go to the closest corner store, proceed to buy, I don't know, seven magazines of very graphic pornography. The man looked at me very questionably. Um, and then I arrived to their house. The first person that opened the door said, oh, you're the girl that's missing the phone. Let me go get it. He then came to the door, gave me the phone, and then I pulled out a stack of porn mags for my bag and said, and for you, sir. And he stared at me for probably about 20 seconds before I broke the silence and was like, yeah, sorry, I stole all the porn from your house last night. I felt really bad and I just wanted to bring over some new ones for the team. And then he shut the door and I left and I... <laughs> I just don't know. It was so nobody, weird. Nobody else connected the two dots other than you. Yes, of course. Nobody cared. <laughs> nobody knew. Nobody cared. Like, I, it was the weirdest. I was so hungover, too. Oh, my God. It was so embarrassing. Anyway, uh, I don't drink that much anymore. So what do you think? Craig, I hero, think, villain? Uh, we don't know. Ooh, I, think, uh, I think night of, I think drunk Rebecca villain. Mm. And I think uh, morning after Rebecca, hungover Rebecca is hero. Yeah, there say. we go. We it's, came full uh, circle. Yeah, you uh, you did the hard thing, which was go to a corner store and buy pornography to make up for uh, your mistakes. So I've got to. I salute that. you, men. I'm men that have gone out to buy physical porn. I salute you. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> you get some judgment. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, heroes and villains. Um, so that does it, uh, I think, for us uh, this week. Rebecca, where can people grab you? As always, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on Instagram, Twitter, or anything of your choosing. Yeah, and you can follow me at Craig Fay Comedy on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can also check out my YouTube channel where I have a new video series, uh, Craig Fay Builds a Clock, where I'm going to build a clock. I can ex uh, I'm explain the science and the uh, the the math and the, some of the fun history behind uh, keeping time. Uh, it's really fun. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, and uh, so hopefully it's a little fun. So check it out. Subscribe to the channel if you're interested. Um, and that does it for us this week on The Villain Was Right. Uh, tune in next week we're doing a very special episode we are going to be tackling uh, Smallville so little getting into Superman for the first time ever uh, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check that out and until next time this is The Villain Was Right reminding you to make sure you know about all his kids before you agree to marry him <laughs> The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com. <laughs>